It's called Let's Keep the Flames of Hope Alive. Never let the fires die. Let's keep the flames of hope alive. And never let the fires die. Take the lie of the lie. Okay, this is Jeff uh, Fulton. I am here with um, Lily El Sayed, who is probably the world's biggest alum fan, and um, besides Steve Fulton and maybe <laughs> Peter Simmons or Steve Vardy or anyone else who's a giant alarm fan. Yeah. <laughs> Lily, is, Lily really has been following the band forever, and I want to let her introduce herself and tell you guys a little bit about herself. Hi. So I'm um, really uh, delighted to be on with you, Jeff, and um, I'm just coming off the buzz of the most amazing um, inaugural gathering weekend in New York. I'm flying with emotion. It just was such an amazing weekend. Everything that you had imagined it would be in, in the gathering at Wales, this is exactly how it turned out to be. Just phenomenal day all around. So I'm really glad to be here. And uh, don't mind my voice because it's pretty shot right now from uh, yesterday's events. But Well, well it so. doesn't sound bad. And mine's a little okay. scratchy, too. Um, mm. but, um, but no, your voice sounds actually, actually pretty good. There's no, right. but I could tell it being shot by screaming back and forth. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so just, I did read, I was able to all day long. Um, I was working yesterday at home, um, because we had, a some problem with at the job I work at. And so I followed the gathering all day long on Facebook because people were posting videos of everything that was happening. And the, it was fantastic. Not, it was like in real time. Yeah, it was like in real time. Lots of yeah. real-time video. Um, later on, we actually have um, Peter Simmons has given me uh, permission to use his audio from 68 Guns that was played. So it's probably the only audio clip we're going to play of an actual show because we don't like to play too many full songs or anything like that, but it's almost the entire song. And that'll be – it'll probably end, end – um, the uh, the interview at the end of the interview we'll play that but um so um would now um you weren't at looney tunes that's okay because right. i wanted to ask you were you at the um the premiere of the wlir was wlir mm. um documentary on friday absolutely and on thursday night um thursday. lir the dare to be different documentary was hosted at the tribeca film festival and um, it was absolutely packed, oversold. People who had tickets were turned away with tickets. Um, it was impossible to get into. So they were having the first showing of the film. And for those who um, maybe don't know about WLIR, it was the premier um, indie uh, radio station here on the East Coast out in Long Island and uh, who broke pretty much every... Um, major band in the 80s, including U2, for the very first time, was played on WLIR. Wow. Um, but they were staunch supporters of The Alarm, um, hosted them many times on the show, lots of interviews with them. And uh, it's funny, I just was telling Mike a story the other night. LIR, it was um, part of the joke of the station, or the thing that everybody knows, is that it was such a small station that the, the, the uh, reach of it um, you, although you could get it in certain parts of New Jersey or New York, in in where I lived, you had to actually park a certain way at a certain <laughs> angle. And I was saying to Mike when they premiered um, Sold Me Down the River, I remember sitting in my mom's car 
with the car parked literally at an angle between trees just to pick up the uh, the the uh, radio station. But uh, you know, every '80s band, especially um, the UK bands, um, sprung out of WLIR. And this documentary was about the history of the station, um, about the music of the station, the DJs, and um, it's just a phenomenal documentary. And even if you didn't live on the East Coast or weren't familiar with the station, for anybody who was a fan of 80s music, especially our kind of um, our bands, um, it was an integral part of that culture. Wow. And so okay. the film was fantastic. And then the um, after show uh, was actually the alarm performing. Um, and uh, they did, I think, four or five songs, um, kind of the classics, the, you know, the signature songs. And then um, Dave Wakeling performed a set and um, Flock of Seagulls performed a set. Wow. So it was quite a quite of a quite a mix, but fantastic night all the way around and great way for us to start. Our um, our gathering weekend is there was a lot of alarm fans there that so night. Thursday as well. gathering. That's the Thursday start. The Thursday, um, right? The unofficial. I mean, dare to be different premiere. And uh, there's lots of great pictures of Mike and Jules and um, and the band on the red carpet. So it was quite a quite a big deal. And obviously, Tribeca Film Festival is a big deal. So uh, definitely look out for that movie too, though. If you know you'll you'll be wanting to dance by the end of the film which is <laughs> every great band that we all loved well, there, um, was, um, great there was some great station out here and every, we had KROQ which was mm -hmm. which, which we had Richard, Richard Blade was on there and he was a big supporter of right the alarm and Richard and Blade the, and features early... a lot in this documentary well, actually um, but the, the, the radio station that Steve and I were big on was 91X which is in San Diego which was the mm -hmm. same type of thing where we had to stick a coat hanger in the back right. of our, I'm not going to say uh, ghetto blaster, but that's not a great word. I know no one uses right. it. But we had to stick a coat hanger in the back of our ghetto blaster to get .91X and then record tapes of, of songs that K-Rock <laughs> wouldn't play. So we hear, like, really, I after a commercial, I'd stick in a blank tape and just start recording, and we would get, like, instead of modern English is, like, one single that would be played everywhere, we got, like, ink and paper and things like that. Like, they would... <laughs> play the other one so they did that with the alarm too mm -hmm. um but um but it was just funny that that we i mean we we listened to the big local station but they were so into the new romantics i mean blanc mange was on there steve's calling me right now this might be interesting let's see if huh? i can get I the steve on speakerphone and see if it records it's like a real phone ringer hey steve you're on if hello steve you're on speakerphone can you, can yeah, we... i can hear you kind of well Hi, steve. Can, Lily, can you hear Steve? I can. Steve, um, we're, uh, we just started our interview a little while ago. Steve Fulton is um, was just um, getting back from a big errand. Could not get on Skype, but he's home. Are you home or are you driving? No, I'm driving right now. Okay. Drive carefully, Steve. Drive because there's another podcast where driving happens. And right now, <laughs> you could slip in the Dave Sharp driving song, I think <laughs> Driving Hard Rain, that we forgot, or Drive These Blues Away. Um, no, no, drive. Big Road Blue, so. It's a hard road to be walking down. Bare feet on stone ground. It's a long ride across. 
States Taking the dust that God made Throwing seeds on a minefield Making the best of a bad did not get enough of our alarm in our alarm podcast last time uh-huh. so we can do that i don't know if anyone can actually hear you but but um i, I can't hear lily i can only hear you okay so what uh-huh. i'm gonna say because i'm on because the um i have my headphones in and i'm using my 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 trusty ipod earbuds to make this recording so lily can't hear me that well either but when you get home if you're if you want to try and hit me up on skype we can try to a three-person conversation if not uh, is there anything you want me to ask Lily right now while you're on the phone? Yeah, I uh, want, this is what I want you to ask Lily. Did you ask her um, what that WLIR documentary was about? We just got done talking about That's it. Not, just we, did. did you, okay, so I want to know how the, how the, how, uh, how crazy was the, the New York gathering? Like, she okay. came out, the, was she at the, um, the, she was at the Spirit of 86 thing last year, right? Spirit of 86 in the, in New York City? Lily, did you come to no, the Spirit? No, not. No, she wasn't. The Spirit of 86 in Los Angeles was was just the same relative. Well, the this. last time she was here, she, has she ever come to the Spirit of 86 thing in Los Angeles? The, when he did, Mike did the one like 10 years ago, too? I've come to the James Bridges at Theater. That, that, that theater. That's the theater we went to at UCLA. Okay, so you were at the James Bridges Theater for a different one. That was maybe yes. Okay. Yeah, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same one. It was the original showing that was eleven like years ago or something like that. Um, right. Any other question? I do have your other list of questions. Yeah. So, so 
<laughs> Knowing that James Richard Theater is kind of a, a place, how different was the New York Gathering from uh, that? Well, there was someone who went to both and said the New York Gathering was light years more incredible. Um, although I do like our little 300-person theater and our intimate experience with with Mike Peters and his electric band with um, with uh, Richard Blade sit, sitting right in front of me, and I, and I got a picture of him actually taking video of Mike Peters, and he was singing and dancing. I mean, he's a big music nerd, like we said on the last one. But, yeah, it was not – I mean, it was loud and everything, and the crowd was good, but it was nothing like what I saw in the videos on YouTube yesterday. Or, you know, I mean, yeah, Lily was stuck I'm, down I'm, in the basement watching on TVs in a nice lounge. Um, why even if well, okay. Um, just, just be, just, she couldn't get in. That's all. She just there's no, was not enough room. It was there so packed. No room for one person to get into the room. Anyway. Well, okay, you know, I'm gonna let you go, Steve. But uh, I have all kinds of other questions. And um, oh, anything else? Wait, anything else for Lily while we're here? This is how this usually goes, Lily's. Usually not yeah, very formal. Okay. So. No, I think we're gonna end up editing out this entire thing. Probably um, not. Right. I think people will like it. And you're driving, and we need the three other Dave Shark driving songs. So. Okay. okay, I will do that. I'm glad it was you and not someone from work calling me. It will be. Look, Lily is fascinating. Yeah. Um, well, you are. Um, wow. And um, was Barney Rubble there? Yes. Of course, Barney was there. Um, he. I mean, I saw pictures of him there, and he was. Uh, he put up a huge post on Facebook about how like it was like him almost teary eyed talking about all of his yeah. alarm friends today. It very emotional and very emotional. Not like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll um, Steve, if you want to Skype in later, you can. But I'll be sending you this audio, and we will take care of the the production mix later on. Cool. All right. Have fun. All right. Talk to you later. You you did hear a couple of the new songs. Yeah. We'll start there a little bit, and I know you heard them at basically the same amount that we've heard them, which is um, there has not been a lot of previews sent around to people this time, like um, in the past, um, yeah. to let some people know that every once in a while. We might get a little preview of a new album that comes out, but this time, we've all heard the songs the same time as everyone else has. Um, I think Mike's really kept this campaign really close to his heart, and, and uh, yeah, and just um, I think everything is just going to be amazingly a fantastic surprise for everybody. I do love the single, um, mm -hmm. um, because it sounds kind of like the Matrix wrote the song, but Mike Peters is singing it. So, and I think it's better than the Matrix song, but I think yeah. that like it sounds so much like it could it could be a radio single and no one would know that it was like a 58 year old guy singing today. Right. You would have no idea. It's basically, right. and it's at a whole different key. And I actually, um, on the set list that I have that I took a picture of, it actually says which harmonica key he uses on each song if he's playing the harmonica. So you can tell right. which key the song is in. Um, and that's kind of funny because he has to look and see it. You'd think he'd remember that because he remembers everything. Um, mm -hmm. But um, but he has to remind himself which harmonica to use for for the various songs. Um, so I love the song. I love the single. Um, when I first saw the video, I guess it was last week or two weeks ago, it just stuck with me. And I'm finding myself singing it in my head. It's just, it's just not – this one's staying with me. I love the video. I love the – Kind of, I like um, the video a lot too. Um, it would have been really cool to see like um, James or uh, one mm -hmm. of the other band members, but I think that I understand why they weren't in there. Um, 
it's it's Mike going back to his roots and painting right. that poppy again, and nothing against them at all because I think they've been they've been in the band longer and they're just as much a part of the new music as anyone else. Um, but I think it's more him going back to his roots and and they did it as part of it looked to me like it was done as part of the uh, the one of the camo jacket. Um, recordings that might be on the blu-ray like so that was just hey let's make a video of me painting this poppy and then they then he actually you know started singing the song and stuff like that mm -hmm. so i don't know the full story though we'll try to get we're going to try and skype with mr peters when he's back um because right. he's so busy um uh, well, amazingly him. this tour starts on saturday the yeah UK we're not going to get him anytime soon um right. but he sometimes he'll just send in um we'll send him questions and he'll he'll just he'll record them so we might be able to get that on tour but yeah, this tour starts in the UK with Dave Sharp opening, right? Yeah, Dave's doing two um, two gigs, one for London and one for Glasgow. So um, and Glasgow, and that's yes. you know, there was someone complaining today on Facebook. You might bring it up because that's basically where my alarm's life lives at the moment. Right. And um, I'm not gonna say his name. He's complaining that he lives in Germany and he doesn't get to pick up any records, and records are too expensive. Blah blah blah. Well, yeah, music's expensive. If you want new good music, you're gonna have to pay for it. But I said you can pick them up at the shows, and he said, "Well, I wish you'd come to Germany." My sister travels from East Germany in Jena to Glasgow to see the alarm every time they play. So she she took Steve and I to our first alarm show when we were like 15. Well, so, it, and, it is a tough thing with the travel, and I think that that ties into one of the great things about you know how we just had these two gatherings on both coasts, and um, it was you know bringing the gathering to us. So I, I, you know, at our New York show, we had people from the UK, we had people from Canada, we had people from really all over the country that came in yesterday. Um, so it was nice to see such a broad, you know, uh, broad base coming coming for this event, which was, you know, just amazing. And and at least a few from the Cal from California who got a bolt too. So right. that's pretty cool. Right. Oh, um, see Matt, fantastic. <laughs> From LA, and uh, it was good to see him. And so you did you hear you heard the acoustic set? I know you were you were downstairs. Yeah. Um. And and that was did Jules play any keyboards during that, or did she just play during the electric set? I uh, I saw her in the electric set. Oh okay okay. And I I did see. I think I have. I mean we we have we are so blessed at the moment with like the plethora of live footage that we get from people. I mean there mm. were fifteen. Hundred. I don't know how many people were there, but I'm I'm just gonna say there were 1,500 cell phones that were taking video, and they seem to all have been dumped out on YouTube and and um and Facebook. Right. So there's a, there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I was just thinking back a few days ago, at, you know, way before any of this. I mean, now we instantaneously Facebook Live in real time, you know. And when I was kind of uh checking Facebook at the at the you know little bits and everybody was posting and it was great because it was kind of different songs you know when you have different people doing it it's um you know an unplanned just different versions or different views of the stage um come Did out so it's, it's, it's great I think it's a great when no sun shines it burns refusal to die in the shadows of holly my dreams come alive i've been searching for love to give me into life Tonight, my love will never 
feet apart. Here I stand on my own two feet, tearing at the walls, running down a tree, into feet of victory. I don't know no one, no one owes me. Cause I'm made of life, flesh and blood. I was down the cards of a breed apart. such good sound like they're the the microphones are so much better than anything that came out of like i don't know the recorder that the recorder that people recording shows off before it's like you don't hear all the tapes that we were trading in the late 80s or mid 80s that were alarm live alarm gigs well they all were kind of like either if they weren't soundboard or they weren't they sounded like a tape recorder stuck in someone's pocket getting the show so um, you know, Tim Nafis was actually our like kind of go-to guy for all the bootlegs because he was incredible at at it. And uh, I remember that Tim had a hollowed-out book with his <laughs> tape recorder uh. in a hollowed-out book, and that's what he used to bring to the gigs. And then we'd all get our cassette tapes from Tim. That is hilarious. Well, Tim's a cool dude. I mean, he is. Yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, Tim and I actually produced a song together a long time ago. It can never be played for any of the public. <laughs> So let me, uh, di- so, um, <clears throat> there is somebody on the, um, right now on Facebook, and I'm gonna read her name because she deserves, like, uh, it's Trudy Gonzalez. Okay, Trudy Gonzalez took, I don't know, a video of almost every song and made it into what looks like a major league production of, um, so she has, of, uh, Soulman Down the River when, um, Tony Visconti came on. And the change record in London. Tony was producing the alarm. He was the best producer we ever had in our lives. I wish he'd made all our records. He only got to make change with us, but when I came to sing his song, he said, Mike, I want you to get on the roof of the studio. And he gave me David Bowie's microphone that he sang on Heroes. And I sang in the open air of the River Thames 
was flowing along outside and Tony was shouting me encouragement through the window. And this is a song we recorded together. It's called Soul Me Down the River. Tell me a little bit about that. Did you know anything about that beforehand? Did you know that he was going to be there? Um, I had seen him earlier in the day. Okay, uh, seeing Tony Visconti, I wouldn't have known. I would have thought that was some other guy. Like, I have no idea what Tony Visconti looks like. I well, I, I knew because I had recently seen Holy Holy when they played in New York, which was, which oh, was an okay. incredible gig on, you know, just I, I can't say enough about how amazing um, they are, and I, I, and James is just phenomenal um, in in the band. But they're so tight, and they're amazing. Um, so I had seen him walking down the street earlier in the day when I was back in. So I kind of he was coming out. So I had a feeling. Kind of had an idea that he might yeah. he might be showing yeah. up. But um, really, again, Mike kept this little closer. You know, everything was a surprise. So it was uh, it was really nice. It was it was good. Now, let's step back a second because before the gigs happened, there was right. a there was a documentary that was shown. Uh-huh. Man in the camo jacket, which Absolutely. I jokingly said last week we did a podcast there wasn't nearly enough camo jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was joking because he his jacket is green, it's not camouflage. But anyway, um that was the only reason I was. But um right. you're actually in it as family friend. Yeah. And, um and um and you heard yourself and then you looked up at the screen and you're all, I'm 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 in a movie. Yeah. It's uh yeah, we taped um I believe it was two years ago, uh at the DKMS offices in New York and uh Russ did an interview um about my my personal history with the alarm and um how this all started and how it's continued and the uh the friendship uh with Mike and Jules that have continued to this day and the band obviously, um, old and new. Um but uh, it, you know, it's kind of unnerving being filmed, and you, you. But Russ is great, and he made you just feel like you were talking to a friend just across, you know, across. Yeah, that's the way. what Steve said too, and and mm. this didn't get in there. I mean, he did. Steve got like two, two spots where he basically was complaining about things, and then one where, it, well, he has what Steve said. He said, he, but um, I think he did fine job. He was, but um, and then um, another one. But they never, um, I think Steve had told them, and I wish this story had gotten in there about how Steve and Mike Peters actually met, which mm. is, which is kind of an interesting story. I know we're interviewing you, but I kind of want to put this story out there because I don't know how many people know it. But, um, Steve had written th- this article for, um, Record Collector Magazine that was pretty much like 25 pages on collecting the alarm records. And Mike had just gotten over here, and I think he might have just been diagnosed with cancer. I'm not exactly sure. And they tried to, Mike and Jules were on the road and they tried to find Steve. 
And Steve and I were living in an apartment that was about two miles from my parents' house. So they went to my parents' house trying to find him, but Steve wasn't there. Um, so, um, and then I, they eventually hooked up, but it was, and then, and then, um, I think that that we started moving the alarm archive that we had been doing over to the alarm.com and, and history. That's the history, but it's kind of an interesting story that like it was, um, it was like, you know, just some weird dude showed up at my mom's house and it's like, that's Mike Peters <laughs> the alarm. <laughs> and his wife. Um, but, um, but that was really cool. And so they've been, you know, like they've been fast friends forever too. I think like you guys, I think you get, you guys might have a closer relationship with, um, the family and things like that. Right. Steve and him just talk about music all the time. But, um, but okay. So you, you did you now, what did you think of the documentary? I just was absolutely blown away. I was yesterday when I was posting, well, you know, I had a whole range of emotions throughout the film and, um, I had not seen it, uh, you know, at any of the other, obviously not Cardiff and where it was the longer version of the film, the full version. Um, and, uh, obviously at any of the film festivals. So it was completely a surprise to me. Um, but the, it literally was like an emotional roller coaster from the beginning. Um, and kind of going back to the history of the band was just electrifying um, to the crescendo of UCLA and seeing that many people and, and the footage from, from all of that. And especially also the early days too, to see how the story evolved. I think that Russ did an incredible job of weaving together such an intricate story from the music and then onwards into Mike's life and then onwards into um, what's happened in his life. So it, it took a lot of a, I, I, kudos to him because that's a lot of skill to kind of move two major stories into one. You know, there's the whole aspect of his musical career and his whole aspect of him as a survivor and to kind of weave those two worlds in together and keep it so interesting and so intriguing. As I was watching, I was thinking, well, if I was somebody who didn't know who Mike Peters was, how would, how would this movie come across? And I just thought, this is an incredible human interest story. Right. It, it affects all of us. And yet you're just so inspired and so pulled in by Mike's energy um, that it, it's just an incredible human story. And I think that's the beauty of the film. I um, I was the I mean, I knew most of the story. I have not seen it before, but I did not know or maybe I heard of, but I just didn't. I didn't put two and two together or I forgot it that Mike, I remember when Mike Peters, Mike, the, oh, the, to Parliament. Oh, I went to Parliament. Right. And it had, it had the various ministers like, right. um, yeah, uh, the, and yeah. I, I had no idea that one of them matched someone. And then right. also hearing, you know, um, the, the story of, um, of James's story too. Right. Right. Um, I never heard those things before. They just weren't out in the open. And so it's so interesting to hear those. And then to see, you know, I, I, I did, uh, I, maybe it's in the longer version, but there was a lot more in, that we've seen in previews and that where like of Mike Peters doctors saying like, you're not walking up that hill. You're not going on a tour and him just going and doing that. I think there's a little bit of that. I think maybe there was too, that was, it was too much like of him, like, you know, it's like, let's stop showing him as being the maverick who's trying to kill himself by walking up all these hills. But, um, but there was a, I mean, we were all amazed by, by what he does. So, um, and, um, but they didn't slip in anything about Jules, which I think was good for 
her at the, right now because right. Um, right. we we don't know that the um, we don't know what's going to happen with that. But she's doing fantastic, and she looked fantastic, and she amazing. played amazing. keyboards fantastic. And I I saw the um, knife edge video, right? Um, and it was like wow, she you know, I'm sure the boys could be his band too at the moment, like, um, right? But and um, it was interesting to see um, actually at the gathering that you're saying that it was. Um, uh, Dylan's band play at the gathering. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. For the they, Saturday night, they played a cult. They loved the cult, so he played a cult right. song. And they, Uncle Billy, Billy, Uncle Billy. I don't know why I can't remember Billy Duffy's name, but Uncle Billy. They play Uncle Billy songs, yeah. um, which is hilarious. Um, um, because but, of, sorry, Jeff, just to go back to the, to the film for yes, a second, yes, please. I, I and 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 maybe you can kind of share your thoughts on it. I mean, as somebody who perhaps wouldn't know who Mike was or wasn't familiar with the, with the alarm. How did you feel that that would come across? Cause I, I think this just, um, I watch a lot of documentaries that I don't way. know about anything about on, um, on Netflix. I spent a lot of time watching documentaries. I watched lots of other shows too, but, um, and I'm, this was better than all of them that I've seen. And even not just because I knew the subject matter, Put together really well. I think I think Russ has an incredible like future ahead in in making movies. If you know he wants to, let alone um, creating documentaries, because the way you know you have a real life story, and then you have a, a discussion of a, a band who had some minor hits in the USA, right? And it right. all comes together as like I want to see more about this. Like I want to learn more about this. I want to go and find out more about Love, Hope, Strength. Um, you know, they, they should have millions of people on that, on that list, not just 170,000. Absolutely. And you know, what's, what is interesting though, is that we have been getting some messages on, um, the social media that, you know, I, um, on social media of people who have seen the film, who've never heard of the band, who have written to, um, find out how they can volunteer. Um, so of course we've led them over to Love Hope Strength, but it's, it's people who were at those film festivals in Palm Springs and, um, and in Texas. So, you know, I think it's already, it's starting to roll. Oh, I uh, do. I do think that it's going to be, I think this is quite possibly the next two years or the two, next two years are very pivotal in the career of, of, uh, Mike Peters and the alarm because, um, you know, we, we've all, we've been through the last, all the last, 20 some odd years, 25, I'm going to say 25. And, uh, we've seen the super highs and the super lows, you know, the, the, the show in Italy with Ligaboo, um, right. down to him actually writing songs about, uh, having to sing over drunken bums. I and mean, we've all heard those songs. So we, we know everything that's happened. We've been there. We've, we've talked and to see these, all these things sort of happening all at the same time with, Right. Camo Jacket, a new record that just sounds incredible. Um, Warp Tour. Warp Tour. Another, um, another tour of the USA where he's going yeah. to be basically yeah. around our neighborhood again. Not, not, he's not down the street like it was before, but there's right. basically in one week's time or two weeks time, there's I think 10 shows that are basically going to right. be there. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. And there's, and all across the USA. So, yeah. We hope that he gets to Colorado and to other places, people who haven't yeah. seen him in a long time. But it's, um, it's just, it's amazing. I really, I feel so happy for him right now and so proud. And I actually said to him, you know, 30 years ago, could you just picture this picking up all over? Because I feel like it's a, a steam train right now. 
I, I literally feel like between Warped, which I think is going to be huge for them. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I see people joining Facebook every day, you know, new people, new people, new people. Um, from, you know, when from the Warped announcement came in to the film, I, I just, I see it literally happening every day. Um, so I, I think that reaching that Warped audience is going to be amazing. I don't know if they'll know what hit them, but I think it also... <laughs> Um, you know, I'm sure Mike will be uh, do an amazing job of picking out the right songs for the set. Um, so for the kids, you know, right. you gotta be, you gotta be tight and fast. And I think, right. I think the, the, well, I said the deceiver and the vigilante are two perfect, like, uh, guitars for that. Um, if it's only going to be a three piece, but we'll see what the oh, list. I, I have to laugh because he said, I'm going to do 15 songs in 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> He probably, <laughs> he probably could. I mean, he, he probably, probably he, could. <laughs> he can do anything. <laughs> oh, Shrek, so, they probably get 30 minutes. We just want to get in as many as he can on there. But, yeah. um, but yeah. the, um, so, uh, let's go well, back. Oh, go, go sorry. on. Sorry. Yep. Go ahead. No, oh, no, I was no. just going to say, so, I mean, Camo Jacket is amazing. I mean, it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's going to be on video and demand. I can actually, you know, I mean, I can actually watch it on netflix soon i want to buy the blu-ray and everything right. and it'll be a blu-ray that's probably actually available um it, you know you can buy it off, off of uh, amazon really easily and things like that it's not going to be something that's hidden away like some of the videos have been right. or only sold through the alarm.com i mean this is something that's probably widely available which is great um mm. and it did win a, a jury prize for best music Oh, at jury audience prize for best music in a documentary at the uh, the film festival at the, New the Newport Beach Film Festival that was this weekend, I think. Um, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, they enjoyed great. the music. Um, I do have the soundtrack um, here. I did get a. Did you were you able to pick up a copy of the? Um... Um, my lovely friend Graham Lampin surprised me with a, a copy that he went and got at his re local record store. That's so, fantastic. Um, yeah, it was really nice of him. I did not want him to bring it to the show the other night because I felt like it was just gonna. It's getting get broken. <laughs> it's a on. Plus, it mixes in with the rest of the merch. And anyone who doesn't know who I'm talking to, if you're at that show, Lily was behind the merch counter. She I is the happily served you. <laughs> she was. The, she's the uh, the uh, in, incredible um, merch queen. Can I call you that? Amongst amongst a group of uh, us, but uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of times the Love Hope Strength people take that over um, if it's a smaller venue. But at a, um, a venue like like I guess yesterday, it was you know there's a lot of stuff being sold, a lot of new people. Oh um, yeah, we actually got the um, which was exciting the new tour T-shirt for the U.S. and literally took it out of the boxes as it came in and uh, fantastic old school design the red, of the Red Star. The Red Star. Yeah. And oh. uh, it just, it was, it really took me back. I loved it immediately, immediately. And uh, and they were going like hotcakes. Um, I'm so, sure they were. Um, yeah. And um, because I've I've been at smaller shows before working the, the you know, um, some of the Southern California ones in, you know, some places that hold maybe 200 people or something like that, sit down shows. So, you know, the energy is not, as great as it should be, but right. we sell 
so much stuff is sold. So I'm glad to see that you know people are coming back buying all the t-shirts and and when whenever I uh, whenever I say hey Michael be coming down the stairs to sign stuff, everyone comes up and buys something so he'll sign it. So right. you know they they always have an incredible merch selection. That's why I want people to understand that whatever it will be available. I don't know what it's going to be. We don't have the list yet. But when he comes on tour, there will be a lot of things available that have not been available before. And I'm mm. sure there's going to be some records and things like that. I saw James Stevenson's record was there, um, yes. some other things I, like that. So Yeah, Smiley's um, album. Oh, yeah, Smiley's album was there. Fantastic. Uh, um, I listen to it in my car very often. And uh, and James, is the it's a limited edition blue vinyl. Um, oh, okay. Absolutely okay. gorgeous. Like, just gorgeous aesthetically. Um, and, of course, James's album is phenomenal. Um, no, but you, but it would be great for you to have them on, too, by the way. Yes. Well, I, we're trying to get – I'm trying to get Russ Kendall on, on Facebook just to say yes to come on to talk about the camo jacket. He might – he might we might get him on. Uh, yeah. But those guys are fantastic. Maybe you talk to James, you know, he's just yeah. a great guy. I mean, um, but um, so you – so how um, – Packed was this place. I saw it the. Is. I want to. <laughs> well, let me just say did that the when, fire marshal. Did they need to call no, the fire marshal? Basically, no. it it wasn't oversold. They can't oversell it. They can't sell more tickets than there there were. But it sold pretty quickly, and um, it was absolutely heaving. But I'll also tell you from the beginning of the day and my own pictures on Facebook when I first got there before I even got there to set up, there was a line just to get into the film and the acoustic set. Wow. So they had already started queuing on the line way before two hours. It was two hours before. So um, that was amazing. And then obviously for the gig, because it was general admission with seating upstairs, um, kind of theater style, but the floor is it's big. And um, it was, the line was, down the block and around the block. Wow. That reminds me of going to like the, the Palladium out here in Hollywood. It absolutely reminded me of shows in the 80s. Like, honestly, that either, you know, waiting for tickets line or waiting to get in line with GA. And, you know, also for us, because we've had, you know, the past three years of Iridium shows, which have been, you know, sit down kind of dinner thing. Yeah, exactly. Sort of the coach house kind of thing. The coach house kind of thing, um, exactly. And that, you know, it's been, what, seven or eight years since we've had an electric full band show. So, you know, I also think that brought a lot of people out. And, um, you know, what was interesting, and not that I know everybody, but I, you know, I mean, I've been around <laughs> you, enough you to know, know a, lot. a lot of people. I felt like half of that audience last night was really unfamiliar to me. And which means... And in just talking to them, you know, on, on the merch stand, or I'd say, you know, um, have you seen them before? Have you seen Mike before? Whatever. It was a lot of people who were 80s fans who, you know, went on to have families and maybe their kids are more grown up now and so that they're able to get back out. Or it was groups of like college buddies who were into the alarm, um, who were able to, you know, who all kind of came together as a reunion kind of thing. Um, you know, for a Saturday night out in the city seeing their favorite bands. That's awesome. So, um, but I uh, just, honestly, Jeff, I'm not being sarcastic. I tried to get into that room five times. <laughs> um, you couldn't make it in, exactly. And I wasn't even going to get more than 10 feet in. Um, it was that packed. Well, the videos are fantastic, and I, yeah. I encourage anyone... So- 
much um, energy, like literally, you know, and I, I just have to say something else. I, it, you know, I think there was so much this past week before ours or before yours, um, there was so much excitement about us having our first gatherings here in the States yeah. and, um, you know, just on Facebook or talking with friends, you could really feel, feel the buzz of this kind of growing. And, um, it literally last night felt like the gathering, you know, the, the vibe of the room, the buzz of the room, the energy, the, right. the number of, the number of people who knew the words to the Absolutely. songs. Absolutely. Um, and that being said though, I loved that Mike mixed in quite a few new songs. If you look at that set list again, I, I'm going to read, I'm going to read off the set list to you. Actually, there's a perfect time for it. I have hmm. the set list in front of me for anyone who, I know Bob Morris posted it. Um, I did get a, another picture. Um, I think but I'm, Greg, Greg from New Jersey posted it. Uh, his oh, okay, okay. I have he posted, and I have another one that's printed out um, from Bob Morris too. I did get a whole different one yesterday that I that, I, um, that uh, may go up on the podcast page later. But this one basically says at the top: Gathering NYC set list 2017. First song was a new one, "Brighter Than the Sun." Right to um, open up with that. He opened up, up with a song no one had heard before. Um, and I'm not sure. It is. I think that's one of the 10 videos that I saw he, when he, I, from the alarm.com where he did that. He did a little brief snippet of each song while talking about showing his painting studio, which I knew nothing about, but it looked incredible, by the way. Yeah. Like, just to have the, I don't know where that was, if it's in their house or it's in another place where he does stuff, but it's just really cool to have him talk about in those 10 videos about art and how 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 he's doing things now just so much different than than i've heard him talk before about things you know mm. um so anyone who hasn't seen those should probably check out the alarm.com because there's 10 of them there each one's about three minutes um it's not 30 wasted minutes it's actually 30 incredible minutes that you will you'll pretty much love um i'm thinking that russ might have had something to do with producing them because they're produced incredibly well um, I'd give lots of props to Russ because he deserves it. Okay, Brighter Than the Sun, then a version of Knife Edge. And that version of Knife Edge, I'm pretty sure, had jewels on keyboards. Is that correct? Right. Um, Coming Backwards, which is a single that you can find around. Um, and it's, I, I like it a lot. Um, I think Love it. it a lot. I, 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 I know the length of it is for radio. I know it because I think they could have put the chorus in there one more time. But that's okay. Um, and there's every Who's Gurdu song that I love only has the chorus sung twice. And then they do something else at the end. So that's just, uh, that's just, you know, um, you know, it's just something that sometimes is done. You don't have to have the chorus done three times and anything like that. Okay. Then we have, um, Absolute Reality, which, um, I didn't, I don't know if I saw a video of that, but obviously in this setting, it must have been fantastic. It bro I think it broke, brought the house down. Yeah. One of the things I can tell you that during the heyday of the alarm, before strength came out and this is this is the strength was the probably you know ucla and strength was probably the biggest show that was here but after that they did have lots of large shows at irvine meadows and some of the the big sheds that you would see but um but their biggest maybe k-rock or i would say um, song probably, and this is, uh, I know that Soul Wind Down the River actually got to the top of the modern rock chart. Um, right. but when, what, but before, um, Strength came out, so Absolute Reality was basically played on the radio and the chant on the radio right. every, every day at least four or five times. 
And also, not forgetting college radio, too. College radio, I know. Was so on board, actually, even prior to that. But then, obviously, I, I, I agree with you, and I think that just blew everything up, like, sky high. That was, like, the turning point. So people, because at this time in the show, people have heard one song. He's heard Knife Edge, which usually, they open the shows a lot of time with Knife Edge. And this is, I remember at a, at a show, and there's a guy that came to see, it was during the um, uh, the hurricane tour. The guy that came to see the alarm with his girlfriend, and I was talking about him. He's all I've heard is that Rain in the Summertime song. And I go, dude. This is going to be a rock show. And he, they start out with Knife Edge. And he's all, these guys rock. It was hilarious. I was at Irvine Meadows. And then and then he went on that's to. So like, California, how you just said that right now. Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, that's that's what we get. Um, <laughs> then let's see. The next song of Absolute Reality was There Must Be a Way. Um, and I know that that's probably. I know it's a new one, but I'm not quite sure um, if it's on which record is going to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Channel, which which. I don't think it's enough cred. I think it opens up um, that album fantastic. Um, yeah. And um, Kill, 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 which is one of the few off of um, the uh, the singles that came out before. Um, what was the name of the record? that, that um, I have it all in front of me, but I don't have any of the, the uh, uh, This is so bad. Yes. yes. Well, I, don't, I should know them all, but I, you know, I'll forget the- on here then. Of course, on <laughs> iTunes, they're all sitting in front of me, but I don't have all the information in front Under of Attack. me. Under um, Attack. Under Attack was Super Channel, and then Kill, Kill, Kill came out after that. Um, then Time, which is a new, which is a new one. Mm-hmm. Howling Wind, which I only saw the end of on video, and it looked like that brought down the house too. Yeah. Which is probably... My, one of probably my favorite alarm song of all time. I, I know that I switch all the time. No one, no one cares what my favorite alarm song is, but Howling Wind is one of my favorites of all time. I love the new version of the redone strength. I know this is really controversial because I don't like the redone versions, but I really like the way it was done. And I know that Howling Wind and um, and uh, Soul Wind Down the River are basically the same song played in a different key with Soul Wind Down the River having a blues riff on top of it. If you listen to both songs, they're basically the exact same song um, in the uh, in the structure and the and actually Mike Peterson, and Steve and I had this discussion one day and then they played um, this was years ago when they played at uh, House of Blues out here and then uh, we had that discussion I said you know they're pretty much the same song he's all I didn't think of that and then they played Howling Wind and in the middle they broke into um, someone on the river. And then went back to Hell and Wind, and it basically they didn't have to miss a beat because it's 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 very close. Um, love and Understanding. Do you remember that one? Yeah. How was that? Because I don't think I've heard very that. Very good. Yeah. Well, well, this was also for me. Again, it was the first time really Here that I've now. heard this. So, yeah, and not just on the acoustic guitar with you know with um, Mike just strumming some chords and singing the the lyrics. We actually heard right. it at the way right. it's supposed to be heard. So. Right. Right. And and. And, and, and again, just to go back, I, I found it fantastic that he mixed in these new songs with the classic songs. I, well, I didn't think it was going to be that kind of a set. It was great. Um, I, I really think, think that, that this this guitar, and he's, he's been playing with this guitar, these two electroacoustic guitars from Auden um, for the last three or four years now. Right. And I think he's come to realize how good of a guitar player he actually is. 
So now, and he, I think it was a little up because he, instead of just strumming chords, he's actually playing lead on a lot of things. And you're starting to hear song, new songs that sound like they could have been off the EP or off of Declaration, which is just fantastic. I mean, um, Drunken Disorderly to me is um, the Alarms version of a Who song, and um, I'm sure that that was I'm sure that one kicked butt. No, no. um, yeah. Peace Now, which is I think is is Peace Now is um, uh, Probably uh, my favorite song that I've heard in the last couple of years by any band, and just because I thought that was incredible when I uh, there's a when he played it live here, and I I think I've seen another couple of videos of him playing it, and it's just um, um, it's it 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 owes a lot to um, a couple other songs, but it really sounds like an alarm song, like an original alarm song, um, right. and then comes 68 Guns, which was just an incredible version, and I have that to play, yeah. courtesy of Peter Simmons. Who was uh, down in it, I believe, pretty close in the midst of the the chaos. Oh, Peter Simmons was in the middle of the chaos. Steve, right. Steve just uh, asked me if we're done, and I said no. I just came back and said no, we're still on. Um, but you, instead of no, we're still on, it came out as nostril on. Oh, oh. <laughs> so I, was all, I was all, is she trying to tell me something? Anyway, oh. um, no one has to know the dirty, I, there's a podcast i listen to called the truth and justice podcast and every uh -huh. year they every time they do it they go through like a cold case of someone who got who mistakenly got put in jail and yeah. um at the end of it they have uh, like four minutes of them screwing up and having outtakes and it's hilarious uh -huh. i don't think steve would allow us to do that though okay <laughs> after 68 guns is breathe um yeah. and um i actually knew, like the new arrangement of breathe um he uh, i think it's a little bit different than it was before but i like i like it all the way through um, Rain in the Summertime, which sounds really good. It's not a, used to be a song where people would say, oh, that's when I use the Lou. Um, wow. That's not that song anymore. I mean, I never thought of it that way. Actually, was one of my favorite. I think um, Hurricane um, was one of my favorite albums. I, I, I think that's when I might have gone to the ladies' room last night. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do like a lot of songs. Hey, Steve's calling in. Let's see if we can, we can mix them okay. in. Hey, Jeff. Okay, well, uh, we're all three on. We'll, we're going to try this out. So, Steve, we were going through the set list from from uh, last night, and um, we were at um, Rain in the Summertime, and then and then the next song that was played was Tomorrow, and I don't remember that song. I mean, I do know it from from other from the four or five songs that are live on um, on YouTube, but I don't remember it. So I'm, you know, um, then Strength. Uh, Spirit right. of 76, My Town, which is one of my favorite alarm songs of all time, right. um, 45 RPM, Blaze of Glory. 45 RPM. Seems like it was chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, chaos. I'm surprised how, how many people it? know that song. Go, Steve. Oh, how was it chaos? What do you mean by that? Chaos, like just mayhem. You know, the, with the, on the floor, on the on the in the on, in the gig. That's you know. fantastic. Really, because we that did not happen at the LA gathering. Correct. Well, it was a very polite. It was a very polite. It was very polite. Right. And, you know, in the front was um in the front where because there wasn't a lot of standing room. In the front were like seven or eight children. So I wasn't gonna. Usually, sometimes I'll act like a big dork, and I'll just go up to the front of the stage, and and every once in a while, some people will follow me. But I couldn't do that because I would have been standing in front of like three little kids. And so, yeah. I, so I was like, I'm not going to do it this time. I just think it was such a different vibe. You know, it's you're talking about like a full-on proper club. I mean, you know, gig like venue, 
versus you know a, a, a more um that's well, theater you know, you know um, it's it, it's like a high school auditorium basically right when we right. um out the la there was a couple of those since since this one but um dougie was out here in i'm going to say 2000 and steve and i and doug mueller and Jeannie and and Don and uh, those would be Stephen and I's wives. And we all went to go see them at the Galaxy Theater, which is probably a 750 to 850 um, and um, theater um, uh, standing room only really place with a bar. And that was like going to an old alarm gig, just the floor just swamped with people. And, you know, so that's the only thing, only one we've had kind of similar around right. with that many people in a long time. I'm sure there's been some other ones that I might have missed, but I know the well, one House I, of Blues was like that too. Definitely, I, I think ours, and really when I was speaking to Barney and, and also Peter Simmons, because, uh, you know, it's it, it really felt like the old days last night. It really did. It just yeah. was that kind of feeling. In, that in kind New of York City. So maybe they'll stop doing this Broadway thing and they'll start playing at the Gramercy Theater every time they come right. instead. And they could probably sell this out twice, to be honest. I thought so. Yeah, um, for sure. I, you know, I, it, I, I sometimes I again we haven't had an electric show for seven or eight years. So I really think that that's part of it. I think that a lot of people came out for a full band show. Um, it sounds they, like they enjoyed it too, which is good. And oh, the thing they, was, out here, uh, they could have sold about, if they had said full band show, they probably right. could have doubled or tripled the number of tickets they sold. The place only held, held 300 people anyway. They could have moved it to a, the much larger, the Royce Hall, which is actually on UCLA's campus also. But because right. it was only set up for acoustic, you weren't supposed to play electric there. He couldn't announce it, but he definitely played the same full band after doing some acoustic. So right. it was very cool. Um, but de- definitely not the, the number of songs. Um, right. So after that, you got Solomon Down the River, which um, March, and that was in the encore. Solomon Down the River, marching right, on. Maybe I think he was over time by that point. Ah, okay. I, um, I so he did. He <laughs> kept on playing because supposedly right. they had he did a, um, a an acoustic version of Unsafe Building, or and then Two Rivers. I don't know if there were those played. Uh, those were on the set list, but I'm not sure if those were played because. You know, Jeff, I don't know about that either. I okay. was thinking about this Someone... when I saw the set list because I would have remembered Unsafe Building. You but... would have. That's what I think. Oh, those are maybe he um, you knew he may have played those during the acoustic section anyway. Right. But told me down the river you should go. It was with Tony Visconti. Yes, I do have that video. Um, and I said that's by um, I did mention her name. Trudy. Uh, Mike Trudy. Um, I, I will ask her permission, and if she lets me, I'm going to add uh, most of that to this podcast, too, if I can. Uh, right. We'll find out. But I am adding all of the um, uh, 68 films because that's a crowd pleaser. From broken homes, we walk unknown. They try to harm us. Yes, they try to run.
movie star in the um oh steve come on no it's it, honestly i i'm just uh, i'm really um, proud that i was in it but I, I the movie completely just blew me away and we had kind of gone over that um before i'm just um you know my little tiny part i'm really pleased but um, it was it was really good wasn't it the movie just you, you know i was thinking yesterday how do i post about this and i felt like literally i loved your post about it by the way yeah it just it 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 shook me up it spit me out and then it lifted me to the stars again did did you feel like in and they didn't even tell the whole story did you feel like you know like the whole story would have been too much for that movie like like there has to have to stop someplace right Um, Right. They couldn't and, show every time Mike had to go in for chemotherapy right before he played a giant show at, in Cardiff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they couldn't show every time he busted his nose years. open. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, 10 years of filming to get to this, you know? It has been 10 years of film. So I remember Steve going into that interview, and it was a well, long that, time ago. That was 2013. Right, so. but, but, but um, you know, it, it was all these years, and the story just doesn't stop. How, you know, it doesn't stop. It's going right now. That's why he so, gets to play a show after when they show it, because he's still going, you know. Right, right, right. Um, but it's Steve. Lily says that she did not see underneath her name Lily family friend. Oh, I didn't notice. So I didn't notice it. Someone, but you, someone you saw did. that too, Steve, right? I was once on mine. I was too busy covering my eyes to see <laughs> what it said. But Lily said fam- family friend for sure. Cause I was, I was trying to see like what someone else would get put under their name. Okay. Yeah. You, I, I didn't. Steve's honestly, an alarm historian. Steve's was alarm historian. So, uh, and there's many other people who were interviewed that didn't make it in. Um, uh, so maybe they'll be in the the Blu-ray when we get the long the longer version. Yeah, I think I think to get documentary length, you know, perhaps um, the edits had to, you know, it can't be, you know, a yeah, certain. But, it, but in that like, in that like eighty minutes or whatever however long, it's, it's packed. I mean, it's absolutely jam packed. Yeah. yeah, there's no fluff in there at all, at all. You know, it's, it's, it it's, literally is an assault on your emotions. <laughs> that, you know, it's, it just really is. You just it, and and it's not an easy movie to watch. No, you know. I mean, I mean, the, it ends well, but it ends well. But from the point where it turns, you know, um, and then obviously also as an alarm fan, the alarm ending was also part of that story. You know, it, it, there was yeah. it, it. You know, by the time you get to that point, I I was reliving everything. Right. You know, um, yeah, and then exactly that's a major thing as a fan, maybe not for somebody who doesn't know about Mike or the band or which hopefully those are the people who are going to be seeing this. Um, but for me as a fan, it was devastating watching that all over again. It really was. Yeah. I was very emotional watching that whole Brixton thing again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what you're saying. I, you know, I was just I got emotional going through, because of the see, giant jeans Mike Peters was wearing at that Brixton show. Those are those are 80s jeans. The Acid wash. Um, I told you, Jeff. There's a Jeff's got something about the wardrobe, and I don't. You know, I mean, it's I, been a long time. I know. I, know, I saw that picture. I'm like, wow, those are big pants. Anyway, it's okay. I didn't uh, even notice the pants. I have no I, idea I, what you know you're what? talking about. That's a little weird because I do notice Mike Peters' wardrobe a little too much. So I think. Uh... <laughs> oh my gosh! But anyway, so that just just to get to that point of the movie. 
was a roller coaster, you know, right. and then obviously the more important part, or, you know, equally as important, but the, the other half of the movie, um, you know, it, it, it was, it's brutal. And I mean, we, and we know it, you know, um, and, and that's us. Imagine them, you know, I Imagine really them. hope that a lot of people come to this who, you know, there, there aren't very many, um, luckily there aren't very many, uh, reviews of documentaries by music nerds so um they're done by they're my movie people so um you would hope that people would come to it and they'd hear a band that they've never heard of before and they're like, wow that's great let's 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 do one let's do two things let's get on that list and let's right. go check out all these great songs you know i mean you know right. i hope that happens but i have to say like it was really that movie was really difficult for me to judge like the quality because I or, or judge the story since kind of knew it already. So I, I'm really curious to find out what someone who doesn't know anything about it thinks. Right. And that's how I was trying to watch it myself um, as much as I could without trying to be biased about you or trying not to know what's coming, in other words, um, which was hard to do. But I, you know, again, I, I, I think it's a music story. I think it's a story of survival. And I think it's an incredible human interest story um, that everybody can relate to in some way or form or shape. Um, it's an, it, just a great life story. So, and it makes know. it seem so easy to help out with the um, the get on the yeah. list stuff too. Like that just seems like such a minor thing people can do to help a lot. And and if it just does that, right, gets a lot of people involved in that. It's it's really done its job. Absolutely. I remember. Uh, t- I- just taking in Brandon, see a friend of mine who you know, in high school was into mostly, um, mostly, he I thought he kind of is into punk rock. He's mostly into like heavy metal, good heavy metal though. I mean, if, if you can say that. But um, mm-hmm. he um, Steve and I got him into Stiff Little Fingers, and then um, we got him into the Alarm, and we really started liking Alarm. And then I did bring him to the last show, and he didn't know what the list was all about. And they asked him, he's all sure, and he got on the list like just. People just don't know what it is, right? They think, right. you know, what is that going on over there? What are they doing? And you, you he he it, also, by the way, thinks one guitar is like the best song he's ever heard. Wow. Yeah. He go Willie Nile. Yeah, yeah, go Willie Nile. Well, exactly. and he likes the Mike Peters version too. He, um, he, right, I, right. I think after the um, declaration live with the reissue show, he emailed me the next day and said, you know, that was an incredible show. You know, and he said, thank you, thank you for, you know, and so it's like, just one of those things where someone who's not necessarily one of us super diehards can really um, see some of this and get into it. I think someone like him seeing that documentary would be like, wow, that's an incredible documentary, you know, not knowing right. anything about the story. So, Yeah, that's a great, that's a great, and that's exactly, hopefully, who who this is going to reach out, who it's, it's going to reach. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so the film was, was amazing and just such a great way to start the day um, and get people, you know, raring to go and, and, uh, and, and then obviously the gig. So, so did you, you guys talk about Jules playing in the band? Yes. A little bit. We talked, we, uh, I know so, that she played in knife edge. That's what we talked about a little, little bit. Did she oh, play no. in any of the new songs? I, I think she was up there for most of the gig. I did see her in a lot of the gig. Yeah. I went to look at the videos. So, um, yes, yeah, Steve, I think that's a kind of a cool turn for, Here's- for Jules. 
Yeah, I think she wants to do it. It's good. It's good for her. Um, well, and the and boys can take care of themselves and now. And she's actually a really good musician. I mean, right. And um, and so it's like, there you go. Well, they can actually. The boys can actually play in the band too now. They're, 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 <laughs> yeah, pretty, that's they're true. pretty good. Steve, we talked about um the um the packed W L I R or that's they just called it L I R out there because who would yeah. you know, um uh screening. And we talked be. about um, uh, Lily did not see go to Looney Tunes, so we didn't really talk about that very much at all. Um, it, I saw we, the broadcast though, but you know, yeah, it, I saw it, it too. I saw it looked really good. It was Steve went to the store very here. Good. Um, anything you want to ask her first, Steve? That we didn't that we didn't talk about. You don't know what we talked about, so if you want to ask, I her, I'm curious to hear what you guys talked about. No, I don't have anything else. I, I I'm sure you guys talked about a lot of stuff. So oh, there's just, some I'll... there's some things you're gonna want to cut out. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> if yeah. Jeff's on it, then there's things I know I'm going to want to cut told, out. I told everyone he was going to say that, but anyway, I didn't there are. <laughs> Jeff said one curse word. <laughs> I, um, I don't remember. Anyway, maybe I did. Yeah. I, I think that having both of these gatherings, you know, a week apart, has been a, an, an amazing um, success for both coasts, and each one of them had a different vibe and a different um, feeling. And um, from everything that Mike said, we'll do it again next year. And uh, I think this could be the start of a, a, a great new tradition for us and for a lot of people who might not be able to travel all the way to Wales. For me, as I said to Jeff earlier, what I saw last night was like the Saturday night at the gathering. Um, it, it, it just had that vibe. It had that buzz. The energy in the room was just on fire. Mike, the band, they they were on fire. So, you know, that feedback from them to us and, and how it just even propels even further, um, I think for having these for the first time was such a great, um, great opportunity for us to represent the same way we represent there. So uh, tremendously successful. So. Well, very cool. Yeah, I mean, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like it is the beginning of a new sort of tradition. Right. Um Welcome, by the way. Um, it would have been nice if it happened early, earlier. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> a few kind, years ago. the thing about it is they didn't call it that, but that's what he's been I doing know. for the last four or five years. He's been going right. to the West Coast and having four or five shows and doing as much as he can and and then having something special with, a, uh, I think last year was the screening of Spirit of 76, and he did that in New York too, but the, the venues have not been um, – classic venues and we even got a stand up in the uh in the relatively small theater um it was 300 people so it was bigger than one of the some most a lot of the clubs that are on sunset boulevard but it was um it was still cordial there was no mosh pit um but um it sounds like new york or if they did one in las vegas as lily and i discussed before i don't know if we discussed it online or not would be a fantastic place to have one because the hard rock cafe and the hard rock um, would make a destination for everyone to go to and pick up all kinds of other people and then people that maybe didn't know anything about it, um, things like that. But just, you know, yeah. but if we just yeah. had just a New York gathering and we could go out there for the weekend, I would accept that too. You know, <laughs> um, it was, uh, I believe, six or seven hundred people um, and and felt it, felt yeah, it absolutely cool. beginning to end. So, and I have no doubt in my mind that 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 could be double. This, the amount of people, whether it's over two nights or one big venue. Um, I've just or, mentioned when they come out, the the more electric they're playing, the more it's announced as the alarm, 
and the bigger the uh -huh. venue they put in with the more promotion, the more people that show up. It's like it's Absolutely. not really uh, it. It's like you get it's there's the science behind it isn't that complicated, but it is when you're got a guy who doesn't have record company backing who's trying to put on his own tour, right? But um, but right. every time they come out and played, like I said, when they played the Hard Rock in that's at Disneyland, which is a pretty big for a for a. Uh, standing only venue. Not that place was packed. It, it was the House of Blues. I mean the House of Blues. I'm sorry, the House yeah. of Blues. Um, so and and you know other places out here have been that way when it's been announced beforehand that there's an electric show and it gets a lot of people there. Um, so who was did I miss? Who was the band um, at at the show in New York? It's Smiley. It was James and it was Jules. Right. That was okay. the yeah. band. Who was the band? Is that what you said? Who was yeah, the band? The band. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, Smiley, James, Jules. And, and I still think the, okay. the visual I, – I mentioned that the, the Vigilante and, and the Deceiver do an incredible job of having that classic alarm sound with mixed with um, an electric sound. I mean, it's just, it yeah. sounds great. Now, it's different. It's, it's a different. different sound. It's different. But it, yeah. it could it could win over a, a, um, a, uh, a, some kids at a, um, at a festival – at a, at a Hopefully on the on the Vans Warp Tour, you get the same thing, right? Um, winning over some people that way. Um, did you watch the Thirteen Re Reasons Why? I haven't, but it's on my list. You know, my DVR is like a ninety-two percent right now. Plus, I just got BritBox, which is making me crazy because now I'm watching all these English shows. No, oh, that's good. And and well, plus, make sure you watch The Detectorist. That's my favorite show from the BBC. The Detectorist? Yeah, yeah they, The Detectorist. They have, they're guys with, with metal detectors. It's, um, it's fantastic. Did, so it's, it's on Netflix, but um, it's, really, it's a really hard watch. I mean, it's 13 hours plus to watch. It's, well, it's a really compelling. Um, but it's worth watching because when you get to the part with the song in it, it totally makes sense. for. Right. It's not gratuitous at all, and it totally makes sense for what's happening. Um, but it's a hard watch. And there's a, I know, and there's it's been people. kind of on the news here because on the news it was actually saying that part of the storyline may promote teen suicide. It does not. Yeah, and my 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 fourteen year old has like a dissertation about how how um, it was not appropriate for kids to watch. Right. Um, it really was for for that exact exactly. reason. Um, right. But there was. Um, the, they do play um, uh, the stand at the end of number 10. I know, um, and, episode and 10. Episode yeah. 10. And online, if you go and find some of the stand videos, there are people that have come there to find it. And a bunch of people wow. say, I would, I would never have known about this gem unless I had seen, watched the ending credits of, not just ending credits, the huh. end of episode 10. So there's been. Well, also, I myself, like when I've watched a TV show and I hear the song and I don't know what it is, and then I go find out. So absolutely, maybe it's, that. By the way, it's be. also on the official soundtrack, which has been trending, you know, in the high um, double digits on um, Amazon for the last couple of weeks. So right, right. You know, I mean, that's that's some good that's some good exposure there. You know, that's, yeah, that's unforced um, exposure. Yeah, I mean, sometimes all it takes is one soundtrack. Exactly. <laughs> a bachelor party. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That was actually a great song too well, on there. It could, it could have been, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? Yeah. I mean, they were one, they were, you know, that was world a, a week fire, away right? from being on that soundtrack. So, um, 
you know, so those are just little things that, you know, that, that By the change. way, when I played World on Fire for Jeannie, she's like, wow, this is a great song. It's a great 80s song. And so, ah. so I don't think, I think that to a general audience, not an alarm audience, it may have, may have gone over really well. Hi, this is our podcast host, Steve Fulton. Uh, we have to end the podcast there. The rest of the audio got kind of mangled, but I think we did a pretty good job of covering the New York gathering, um, the, the, the showing of the man in the camo jacket and everything else that happened last week. I want to thank Lily for being such a, a great uh, guest this week. And uh, she wanted to leave you with this idea. She said that WLIR used to have a thing called the Screamer of the Week. And she said that the songs were usually the stand and Where Are You Hiding with the Stormbroke. And in honor of that, she wanted to leave with a little bit of Where Are You Hiding with the Stormbroke. So here it is. And we'll be up soon with another podcast. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. I saw that picture, I'm like, wow, those are big pants.